in the nightmare box. I've got you angled more that oh, direction. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll lean over more this direction. Welcome to the nightmare box. <laughs> My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the fresh from the bath on this beautiful 4th of July weekend. Kristen Pennant. Which I unfortunately have to work for. And this is Mistakes Were Made. <laughs> I was like, gotta introduce the show. I can't just tell you who's presenting. If you don't know what you're listening to by now, that's on you. It kind of is. I mean, the title's really like in the picture, and you only really listen to these things because of the picture and the sound bites. But, you know, who am I to tell you how to live? I can't even get my fucking laptop plugged up. There we go. All right. <laughs> Man, what a week. We, um,. We're doing the apartment hunt from fucking miles and miles and miles and miles away. And uh, I've been unbelievably stressed. Unbelievably stressed. Freaked out about where the fuck we're going to find. Can we uh, turn the gain up just a touch? Like, not a lot, just a little. Is that A? Not past a B, yeah. Yeah. Just sound kind of quiet today. Okay, well... Why don't you start us off then, because I tried. (laughs) Sorry, no, that's a good point. I just I want to make sure I'm trying to not have editing disasters because uh, I have to edit this shit later. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've been um, doing the apartment hunt basically all online, and then having an unspecified person in that unspecified location locate a point on the map for us to aim for. This is incredibly stressful. Oh, I'm yeah. sure any of you listening who are adults. <laughs> no, uh, the struggle, but man, they like show the bare minimum in those photos and they try to make it look super pretty. And then you're like, nope, it's situated, you yeah. know, on a cliff. Yeah. If you walk out your door, you'll fall off. <laughs> or it's in a ghetto area. Or well, Like that was the big problem. Like the one that we were really excited about, like our undisclosed person in this undisclosed location was like, uh, yeah, there's people doing heroin like directly outside of the building and the rent is too high for you to be doing that. Yeah. Like it's got, you know, gas heating and it's like, that'll come in handy in this undisclosed location. But, um, there's a guy currently smoking crystal meth <laughs> on my front You might porch. blow up the whole gas building. Yeah, might blow up the whole goddamn gas building. <laughs> there's a homeless city like right behind. Like there's nothing like trying to get an apartment in a town that one of us has never been to and uh, I'm not all too familiar with. And two, like, I, I've never tried to apartment shop in a town that I couldn't just go to. So, like, yeah. that's a whole process, too. Like, trying to schedule, like, a chance to see the apartment when you don't <laughs> even live there. And trying to do the whole application process when you don't live there yeah, you're like that's to, like, a do it through a third party god a nightmare and a half but it'll all be over in about a month yeah i gotta sell some shit yeah we're gonna sell all kinds of shit but you know what we're not gonna do we're not gonna stress about it we're not gonna worry about it i listen to far too much alan watts lectures to let us get fucking freaked out <laughs> about maybe the biggest thing any you know either one of us has done <laughs> but um smoothly segueing into a topic that i wanted to talk about mm-hmm. um i should stop pointing out those things out and just do the smooth segue <laughs> calling myself out here 
going, if this dipshit would ever shut up, there's a thing or two that I'd like to say. Sandra told me the other day she just wants to come on the podcast so that she can yell at me when I talk over you. Oh. <laughs> I do it every once in a while to you. You do it a lot more to me, but... <laughs> They're wound up. <laughs> yeah, you do it a lot to me. I'll be like... This is the fourth time I've tried to say the same. I think I do it to you when we're not on the podcast, though. Like, I'm more conscious about it because I know that I have to edit it. Yeah. And when we're talking on top of each other, it's a lot harder to get the levels right. So when you start talking, I'm like, okay, I'll stop talking. But in real life, I think I cut you off three times more. I'm very passionate about what we talk about (laughs) on here. I get excited. Most of the time, I don't talk to anybody um, on, like, the, the Sunday recordings i have not spoken to anyone i didn't even talk to the cashier at the walmart you didn't even really talk to me because i i slept in today and brett did the shopping for me so i could work on a thing which segues into the topic (laughs) that i want to talk about um that's why i cut you off because i get excited i don't have a lot of people in the life okay i love you you. don't guilt trip me i've never given you flack for cutting me off no no fuck you sandra (laughs) (laughs) i do it to you sometimes too i know i love you i love you but um yeah i i slept in today because i i don't know i guess just the work week like just the stress killed me yeah yeah i was super stressed last night too i bet that's what it was because i slept for like probably 11 fucking hours i don't think we even went to bed after midnight i think it was before midnight and i didn't get up till after 10 i got up like got showered had like three cups mm-hmm. of coffee told you i was going to the store i came back in and all the lights were still off and i thought you'd gone back to bed no i was, I was like, it's 11 30 what the fuck is it? No, i don't know i just i usually leave them off when i'm on the computer for some reason but yeah um brett went and did the shopping for me um, and I stayed home and worked on my resume and my cover letter for my resume because you got to do that shit too when you're trying to move, yeah. you know, you got to do the whole job process from way, ways away. Do you have any tips for, um, maybe younger listeners who are trying to set up their first like artistic level resume um, or me? Cause I haven't done that yet. I have gone through. <laughs> couple of versions now i think i'm on like my third version mm-hmm. and i've shown you every version so my first one was like really plain and i tried to cram everything onto one page and it just looked very jumbled and you were like i don't really know where i'm supposed to look yeah. when i'm looking at this resume and then i did a second version where i kind of color blocked it so i was like okay this section over here that's all white and stands out more is my experience and then like in the thin little like black strip it's like why I'm cool, you know, yeah. as a person. Like these are my percentage points. How comfortable? Well, no, that was I am before. Excel and, well, that was before I did uh, the one that I'm doing now. And then if you, which is the thing that I learned this week, are just really dog shit at doing <laughs> resumes, and you cannot figure it out. I think Word, if you have no money at all, has a free template that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apparently people make a living selling templates. Yeah. So I bought a $12 template, which is pretty damn cheap. I was going to ask you where you got that from. I didn't know if you made that or not. Because I've got Scrivener and Fade in, and that Mm -hmm. one's not on either one of those. Well, I uh, made every other one before this one, and then I was like, this one looks a little more polished and a little more Mm -hmm. professional. And if I really just had tons of time to throw around, I could probably, like, emulate it on my own. But I'm stressed about everything else, and I don't want to do that. So (laughs) for $12 on Etsy... You bought it on Etsy? Yeah. That's nuts. On Etsy, yeah. 
You can. I didn't know you did anything digital over there. Yeah, you can buy. It's a template you download. So like literally immediately after you buy hmm. it, they shoot you the download link. And then I completely revamped it. The version they sent me looked a lot different because it was for a sales associate. And yeah. that's not what I'm trying to advertise myself as. So I, I changed it quite a bit from what it was. But um, yeah, it gave me a lot to think about because um, I've read a lot of things where they're like, oh, condense everything down to one page because people don't want to see your multi-page uh, resume. And like... It, it's short and to the point and concise and everything that I want to say, but it looks very professional and yeah. it's got some cool little like, cause I'm, you know, into the tech stuff, like little graphs to show like my skills and shit. So yeah, if you're uh, stressed about a resume, get yourself a template and then teach yourself how to kind of jack with it a little bit. Yeah. Cause it came with a, which I knew how to do that stuff already anyway, but it came with a little instruction guide if you were like, totally clueless on how to edit it so i was like oh that's cool so get you a sweet ass resume online one of the big things that i took away from like a professional writing class that i took was like the whole second half of the semester was about resumes mm -hmm. and the one key thing that they beat over your head is accessibility well you should be able to look at it from damn near across the room without actually being able to read any of it and go that looks like something i want to read yeah like paragraph spacing space between lines what you've got where you've got all your contact information and the picture and then you've got that big border that has you know your initials and yeah it's a very well done essay or resume. I think you did a good job. Thank you. And then the, cause it's like a little uh, template that's like, just kind of like pre filled out sections. The cover letter part like had tips for like how to successfully write a cover letter, which I thought was interesting. They were talking about um, how most people want to start off their cover letters with, I'm writing to apply for such and such job yeah. or like excessively thanking the person for their time. So you kind of come off like needy or whatever. And they were like saying to just like start off, like go in yeah. there with like, this is why I'm appropriate for the job. This is why I'm interested specifically yeah. in your company. And then like kind of at the closing, just like politely thank them and go on. Like sell yourself in a semi-casual way. Yeah. Which yeah. was actually kind of a learning experience for yeah. me because I've not had to do too many cover letters but a lot of places don't ask for them and I'm pretty sure my old cover letter was like hey I'm writing to apply for such and such I job I found you on ZipRecruiter <laughs> and they're like well no shit everybody's writing to yeah. apply for this job that's why we put it on ZipRecruiter <laughs> <laughs> so food for thought <laughs> um, yeah short concise if you have little quirky shit you can show off show off and yeah I enlist your experiences, yeah. you know, be proud of the things that you've done, which was uh, the other thing that you were talking about outside. I'll let you dive in. Yeah. Like, which we, I think in passing talked about this whenever Shelby was here and we probably in passing brought it up on other podcasts, but, um, there is a thing called imposter syndrome. If you have never heard of it, it is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Where'd you get that definition? Google. <laughs> where all, all my, sort of get all my, all my knowledge, knowledge comes from. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, which um, Brett mentioned that whenever Shelby was here, like he asked me if I thought he was a good writer, and he's literally been writing since probably before he could walk. Yeah, <laughs> been writing his whole life. Been doing this for since the third grade. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> what all are in the third grade, so maybe I was a brilliant third grader or a slow student. Oh. I'll throw around seven. <laughs> and then, It'll yeah. Be 21 years in this game, I feel. <laughs> I was filling out my resume, which I've done that before, just applying for other jobs or working on my own stuff, and I just like felt this weird, like, this is the truth. Like, I'm capable of doing the stuff that I'm putting that I'm capable of doing, but what if I'm really actually bad at it? Yeah, but your your cover letter is one page, which is exactly how it should be set out. Mm-hmm. And then your resume stretches two pages. Like, you've accomplished so much, but it's so weird to see it put down on paper. Because you're like, oh shit, I really have done, you know, these 50 projects or whatever. Yeah. Like if, if I wasn't... Which not all of those were like very large projects. Like for the most part, my work on feature films has been um, like as a production assistant because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lot harder to get more serious jobs on multi-million dollar films. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to hire you for the big stuff unless you have 5,000 years of experience and I yeah. don't have that much It's like experience. half of the gift is being able to see one actor that like you watched in three movies ten years ago and like wave at him and get ignored. <laughs> You're like, I saw that dude! And everybody else is like, what was he in? Uh, give me context clues. <laughs> but yeah, even writing my cover letter, I was just like, am I being too braggadocious? But I haven't really said anything at all about... Like, the idea is to be braggadocious. <laughs> But it's a weird, like, I don't know, like, I, I don't lie about what I'm capable of doing, but, like, if I write something down, like, oh, I know how to do this, like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, somebody else knows how to do it better. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, 100%. It's a bastard. It is a true bastard. Like, I, I, I definitely understand imposter syndrome. I didn't pick it up writing a resume. Uh, I get it every time I write a resume. <laughs> um I picked it up in, in college where, you know, we'd do these workshops and I would look for the people that I knew were taking the workshop seriously. Mm-hmm. And if I wasn't better than them, I would go home genuinely upset. See, mine wasn't quite that bad. Like, I felt it in college, but college... You to give up, but it's like, Brett, you are better than the other 15 people. You're just measuring yourself up against <laughs> this the, one. these one or two, you know? <laughs> Like, college was a bit of a blow to the ego, but also a bit of an ego boost for me, because mm-hmm. a lot of my classes were relatively large, because uh, MTSU has a very heavy focus on their media program, so... Like you got a whole building, like yeah. multi-story like, building. Uh, yeah. Like, a whole section of the campus is for us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, most of my classes were pretty large, so we'd see a whole lot of projects. And there were always, like, several people that were significantly better than me. So I'd be kind of like, oh, that's a bummer that my stuff's not that yeah. good. I need to work harder. But then there would be a lot of people that weren't better than the stuff I was submitting. So I was like, okay, I'm, like, above that mid-range. I'm doing all right. <laughs> I don't totally suck. I'm not flunking out of the program. I'm a C-plus over a C-minus, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm still here. You but know, yeah. like, what I was happy of, or happy of, what I was happy about and what helps with imposter syndrome 
um, is in those same classrooms, there's always the project that you just, nobody talks about, but it's universally agreed that that was horseshit. <laughs> you know, like, they ask for questions and then people just stare at each other and they're like, I, uh, yeah, we had a couple of those. I don't know where to start. It was like a two star every fucking week. <laughs> You'd walk in there. I don't want to call anybody out or refer to anybody's, you know, individual work. So I've read and saw quite a bit of it. But you're like, this is my story about my uncle on the farm. And then like, it's just like, there's no emotional development there's no character development it's just like when you were in the third grade and you're like what did you do on the farm with your uncle it's like we played baseball and we drank water and I helped him mow the yard and you're like oh you wrote this in the hallway five fucking minutes ago <laughs> when we are all professionals I body you <laughs> you gotta give a shit which I feel like that's probably true for you too like um, with We've talked about that on the podcast before. Brett and I um, both graduated college at the same time, mm-hmm. just recently graduated, and uh, neither of us are non traditionals. Yeah, considered traditional students. Um, Brett, you know, as we've talked about on the podcast, went into the Air Force and, um, you know, experienced a whole lot of other shit before he went to college. And I, uh, you know, worked on quite a few film sets and stuff before I uh, finally went back and got my bachelor's. So, like, we both went back, you know, a little bit older than the average student, and I feel like even the students that were better um, than me, like their work was consistently better than my work, didn't take it as seriously as I did. Like if my professors even kind of mentioned, hey, here's a book, you don't have to buy it, but you probably should buy it, I went and bought the book, and yeah. I bought more books than that, and, you know... Um, Bowen, my like main film professor that I had like in passing mentioned a book and he was like, yeah, it's a good book. You know, if you're into editing, you should check it out. So I immediately went and bought it. And then I did my advanced editing class like a semester or two later. And that was one of the books like that was quote unquote required to read, but she never like tested it. So I don't think anybody ever actually bought the book, but it was the book Bowen had recommended that I had owned for like a good year before (laughs) this. I was like, oh, I've already read that book. Yeah. I'm ahead. (laughs) No, that happened a lot because I read a crazy fucking amount. We live in an apartment that's surrounded by the things that I've conquered. Um, (laughs) And those are my favorite parts, you know, like Mm -hmm. I took that uh, utopia class and they were like, we're reading 1984. I was like, I've got that bitch. I've got belt notches, you know? I've been there, done that that a few times. Come at me with anything Orwell. Oh, you want to just talk about the essays? What you don't know is I spent six months crazy about the Orwellian essays. (laughs) Fucking fight me with your unicorn and your goddamn lion. I'll beat your ass. (laughs) (laughs) The people would come in there like, I read it in a rush. What did you do? And I'd be like, I read it three years ago because I was sitting on a fucking runway. (laughs) You know No, an imposter system's a bastard. It because is. right now we're people who are planning a move to follow our careers. Mm-hmm. We have graduated with degrees in our field and nothing else. And we're currently doing a podcast about what we like to do. I spent all day editing. We watch film all the goddamn time and pause it and a fucking hour and a half takes five hours because we're pausing it to discuss the angle of the camera. 
it's ridiculous that we would feel like imposters. But if I didn't feel like an imposter, then I feel like I'd be, you know, arrogant. Keeps you in check. <laughs> the podcast in particular, which I, I very thoroughly enjoy the podcast, don't get me wrong. Um, but the podcast in particular cracks me up a bit because I was talking to my uh, friend that I like, did the film program with. And um, he had like asked me what I had been up to and all that. And I, I mentioned you know, that Brett and I were yeah. planning on moving and that we were doing this podcast and all that. And um, he was just like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you're you know gonna be the next i'm not gonna drop his name but there was a person in my program that was like very good at audio stuff and uh, he was like oh you're gonna like come after him or whatever and i was like no like for all the years that i've complained about not enjoying audio work the universe is having a laugh at me right now (laughs) like i do so much audio editing now (laughs) and i'm just like oh no, it's. It, it, I'm sorry you feel that way. No, I enjoy it. the podcast. I just, like, it's so... Like, I have a deep level of respect for people who do audio. I find it particularly tedious, though. Well, I like it's listening not. to it after the fact. Like, when you, you know, post it, I... No, I enjoy that. I put it on and I listen it's to it. It's the pinging sure 5,000 tiny little dots to be like, that oh, we're... Happen again. <laughs> you know, like, that part is tedious. Shelby. <laughs> Quit being a negative Nancy. I'm not being negative. I'm going to make you chug your wine and smile. I'm not being negative. I just think it's funny <laughs> that, like, I'm doing... Which, I, it's a massive learning experience. I probably need to do it, but I'm doing so much audio work in particular right now. But you know what you're doing and what I think is interesting about what we're doing together on the show is feeling out the artistic world. I'm sorry that I am dog shit with a computer, so I don't know how to edit any of the audio. I just know how to fire and forget, and then I listen to it when it comes out and praise you for doing such a brilliant job twice a week. But we're talking about the things we like, you know? We're doing the writing um, conversations, we're doing the film conversations, and we're learning a shitload about our art forms Mm -hmm. through having to do our own hourly discussions twice a week. This is like a a college class that we've built for ourselves, you know, like in a strange way. I've found a reason to read again, you know, reading Hunter S. Thompson. I've given you a couple of books that you've been reading, and you've been reading books about film. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just even the craft which i mean it is i mean that's literally what the podcast is about so a huge part of it is the craft but like learning about ourselves also like we talk about things that i may not have necessarily thought of before and then i'm like oh like there's a new perspective or like as we're doing this kind of like learning the areas that like i need to like work on harder the areas that i am you know better at or whatever so it's Mm -hmm. like learning about the craft and learning about ourselves and learning how to like literally even just communicate with the audience because I'm an introvert and this is very awkward for me. (laughs) And it's very easy to get frustrated with it, Mm. you know, like what we were talking about earlier as well because I spent, you know, again, all afternoon editing and um, there's a tendency for me as the audience well knows by this point to get (laughs) frustrated when I spend five hours editing anything. Uh, because I, I, I have this brain and I'm obsessed with trying to f- drag this story out of this thing that is you know, mm-hmm. probably written by a fucking 16-year-old. <clears throat> but I had this moment on the porch today where I felt myself starting to get pissed off and then I realized that this is exactly what I've sacrificed for and what I've been working for since yeah. I was a kid. 
why am I bothered that it's $150 for like three months worth of work? Why does that bug me? That's what I signed up for. This is the life that we're living, you know? I, I can't imagine how frustrating it must be to try to edit you know, these sorts of things. Oh, can I say a positive, though? Sorry to okay. kind of interject on your story, but uh, I'm in, like, a couple of podcasting groups on Facebook, and one of the people that, um, like, posted on it, like, posited a question, like, how much money have you spent per episode? And um, I think he, I don't know how many podcasts or how many episodes had, his podcasts had done, but I think his perspective was he was kind of frustrated with how much each episode was quote-unquote costing him um because it was like the equivalent of all the money you had spent on your gear divided by how many episodes you had done and his was like 50 bucks per episode or something like that so he wasn't factoring in the cost of hosting the podcast so i didn't factor that in either so technically it's a little bit more money but um Hypothetically, if we had paid full price for all of the gear that we own, which, as you know, because we've brought that up in other podcasts before, you know, Brett got a steal on two of the mics. Yeah, so we go out of our way to do it on the cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but hypothetically, if we had paid full price for all of the gear that we own, we've roughly spent about $600 on this podcast, yeah. which is quite a bit of money. And we've only done, or we've only released 25 episodes date when you listen to this this will be like 27 you're giving or, me a math problem i'm just saying like stick with me and that amounts to roughly we've spent already only 24 dollars per episode so in 25 episodes the gear has damn near bought itself and what are our numbers looking like uh we're over 600 downloads we're in oh shit i told this to guy the other day when i was talking to him um, Multiple countries. We're yeah, we're in. <laughs> I want to say like maybe six countries, and we're in twelve or thirteen states. So. I don't know what you pay for that gives you that kind of exposure for twenty four dollars a watt, but I'll I'll take it. And you know, assuming we don't buy any new gear in the immediate future, every episode brings that you know amount of money down even yeah. more. So I was like, holy shit, like. It was kind of funny because his post was kind of like a little negative, like, oh, every episode's costing me 50 bucks. And I was like, we've only done 25 episodes and we're already down to, I only spent $24 for this yeah. episode. And I can't imagine outside of in the next week or so, we're going to have another arm that goes over the table that'll clear up a lot of the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can hook up, you know, the new second mic and this will sound a lot clearer. Outside of that, I don't, foresee us needing to spend you know a whole shitload more Mm. until we've got a substantial you know substantially bigger audience yeah like i think eventually we're using um usb mics and eventually people recommend switching over to xlr just because they're better quality and more reliable so eventually we may make that switch but that's way the fuck down the future it's it's a lot more money and a lot more work because you have like a little soundboard and a little person monitoring the little soundboard so that's way down can we hire a little person to monitor the soundboard (laughs) we can 
<laughs> you know, like you get a little. I was like, "What is an XLR? Does it come with a little person?" It might. You were like, "It's a little keyboard or a little soundboard, sound and you get a little person." I was like, "They give you a little person? They might. You Where never the know. fuck are they farming little people? Is there a mm-hmm. whole section in the middle of Utah that's just, and that's how it's we right next them up? to the butterfly farm where Shelby gets her shot? Yeah, they? yeah, butterfly farms. It all happens out in South Africa. There's butterfly farms, and there's fucking they got little people farms." Just a nudist colony full of little people, and they just constantly fuck each other. And I imagine, you know, no offense to the little people community. I'm using your 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 your, your pronoun there. <laughs> I imagine they fuck like rabbits. Mm. I think. Yep. I think little people fuck aggressively. That's a very particular opinion, but all right. <laughs> they get fucked. It's breathing and farts. What? What? You rage fuck people if you breathe in farts all day. Break the tension because you wouldn't smile at me. You seem just, like... I'm trying to wrap my mind around <laughs> where that thought even comes from. Because you said they bring out little people. So I'm imagining if you sell 5,000 fucking oh, little, little, little sound thingies and all of them have to come with a little person, then you need to create like 25,000 little people to run the little thing. Oh, yeah, that's exactly how it works. Just like that. <laughs> I don't see why not. Do they have midget farms? Because I'll go start a midget farm. <laughs> no. Nope. I mean, a little people farm. An LPF, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Do it right here in Tennessee. People, Back to any topic. They that only is let important. one of them be king at the time, and that dude's doing Game of Thrones. I, I thought we were in our zen today. I thought we weren't going to rant. Yeah, and then we started talking about <laughs> USB drives, and I was like, <laughs> like I'm launching myself into the first tirade against the midget community. <laughs> I think you guys fuck like animals, and I'm proud of you for it. Oh, boy. Sorry for your stunted growth. So, yeah, we... uh. We're progressing, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh my god. You don't want to smile. Going back to bed. Like, I've got imposter syndrome, but we're going to have a sound. I have so- been smiling. <laughs> I've been smiling at you this whole time. It's a little bit of a bewildered smile right now, but I am smiling at you. Like, please, dear God, get me out of this conversation. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Get away from the little people and their little sound. Yeah, you have show notes today. You don't have an excuse. We just started talking to people about USB cables. I don't know what the fuck to do with that information. Get it together, Bloom. <laughs> oh. I've, I've, I've covered all my show notes. Have we really? Yeah, I only wrote four of them down. My only other one is like... Um, can you grab me another? No. No? I'll no. grab it. Yeah, no, I got it. I was kidding. Um, there should be another cobra in there. Ugh. Dead air. Dead air. I've created more dead air. Because Christy took a really long bath and it came out all yeah, sad. Yeah, ripped my ear off when I stood up. My <laughs> hand was on the cord. <laughs> I kept my mic, or my headphones in. Oh. Refill break, refill break. We're doing refill break, 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 break. We're doing re, 
Break me, Rayfell. Break. <laughs> this is where I would put ads if I had any ads. Okay, where? Well, I can request they put an ad there. Do what? I said I can't technically request that they put an ad there. I get to pick where the ads go. Who's they? The NSA? No, Podbean. But we haven't gotten any sponsors yet. Well, we should we should figure that out. Because I could be like, do you like boxed wine? And Peter would be like, I love boxed wine! And I'd be like, well, this one's called Cunt Box. And literally down to the second, I can be like, this is the spot I want you to put the ad at. Yeah. So, I could put an ad here. That would have been a brilliant ad plug. If we had. But we don't. A sponsor. And you can't just, you know, start a company named Cunt Box for all the people in trailer parks drinking boxed wine that are kind of cunts. Oh, boy. So, so um, what I wanted to get to, which I, I, I felt um, works semi along the vein of the uh, imposter uh, conversation, is that we all have heroes. <laughs> and at one point, all of our heroes were in the same position that we're in now. But we've bested them because we have more of an ability to uh, do what we love than anybody's ever had in the history of people. So we live in America and it's 2019, so we're pretty well off. You know, Hemingway didn't have a MacBook. If he <laughs> did, God bless him. Um, but they all also felt trapped, you know? Reading that uh, Freak Kingdom retaught me that lesson. Uh, where Hunter didn't know where the fuck his life was going to be, but he leaned into not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. Mm -hmm. He said, I've got a 50-50 gamble, more or less, or more like a, a 10-90. <laughs> like there's a solid shot. This just isn't going to work, and we're all going to be in big trouble. Yeah. King, but much really. like what King said, there are people that write the book, but the vast majority of people are people that want to write the book, you know. You think, want to accomplish the goal. And then there's people that accomplish the first step, which is writing the rough draft. And then there are people who fall out during rewrite and first edit and second edit. And then publishing phase. There's people who complete the entire process and then let it die in a desk drawer. Well, I think his story in particular, which it's in Honor Writing, if you're not, you know, familiar with any of this, Honor Writing is a fantastic yeah, that, read. That's, uh, again, another book they never made me read in college. I read it three times in college. It's <laughs> bizarre, because it's very, I mean, it's a, a memoir to, it's you a know, memoir a lot of extent. It's a memoir of a legend, but, but it's, a, it's a workshop in mm, and of itself. Like a very fantastic read for writers in particular. It's great for creatives at all, but... For yeah. writers in particular. It's like Art of War if it was a lot better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but like I think his story. Art, yeah, just the War of Art. Yeah. Because I told you that once and I was like, nope, that's a different book. Art of War, Sun Tzu. He killed a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> but his King's story in particular I think is super fascinating because A, like one of his early successful works, Carrie, you know, he wanted to toss out and his wife is the only reason that book got made. Yeah. And literally then, dug it out of the trash mm, as a short story. It's like, nope, you're finishing that one. Mm -hmm. And then also, when he got his first big payday, On they couldn't... Carol. Yeah. Was it for Carrie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, 
couldn't pay the phone bill anymore, so they didn't even have a phone. He like had to call from the neighbor's phone. Mm-hmm. So that's just insanely fascinating. Like if you feel like you're in a low point and you're like, oh my god, this isn't working out. Yeah, like couldn't pay the car bill, so I think the car got repoed. They were way behind on their rent. Yeah, like they couldn't hardly feed each other. So and they, they had were, like, kids to worry about. Leftovers. The yeah. lights went out a long time ago. And. I think for, uh, you know, there are people that get lucky for sure. Um, and then there are some people who just never make it. But I think for a large part, you know, the people who do end up being successful and being great at what they do are the people who, you know, just literally persevered. Like, keep trying, keep learning, keep changing, keep evolving. And, like, even when other people don't believe in you, like, just keep, like, head down, like, trudging through. Like the, well, like, the people that, quote, get lucky are the people that burn out really quick, you know? Like, we've I've, I've shit all over J.K. Rowling. Um, it's like taking care of her kid, couldn't fucking welfare. feed her kid. <laughs> Bam, there you go. It, 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 those experiences change you. And if you're still writing or you're still shooting film at those desperate points in your life, as long as that is the focus, that's what's going to get you out of the fucking pit. Yeah. I've read too many stories, too many underdog stories, to walk away from it just because it's suddenly terrifying. It's been terrifying the entire time, but now is the time to have the personal stake in the game. We're not imposters. We've just passed maybe a thousand fucking people into the next level and now we're beginners at the next stage and we can quit here I mean we can stop we can turn this shit off I'll never pick up a pen again you can leave that camera to just grow dust over there in the corner we can stop and then what would we do and would we be happy and I think that's honestly you know the question you kind of have to weigh for yourself like if you're in any kind of field that's like more difficult to be successful at like there are people who quit and have regular jobs and live regular lives and that's okay with them like the alternative you know of being comfortable in life is more appealing to them but like literally at this exact moment in our lives like not having moved and not having left or done anything yet like the alternative to not pursuing this is i keep working at the hospital and you keep working at the pawn shop or you know we get other jobs like factory jobs or whatever and like I'm working a lot of overtime right now so I have less free time than I would like to have yeah, sometimes the job is necessary and you have to make time for the craft yeah but like the alternative is I work this job and I get two days out of the week to do the things that I want to do with my life for the rest of my life. And that sounds like even if I were making a shit ton of money and we had this beautiful mansion we were living in and the fancy sports cars, that sounds unbearable. Like you can have all the nice things in the world and the idea of having eight days in an entire month, every month of your life for yourself 
is inexcusable. Especially when most of those days are filled up with just keeping ourselves alive. Going to the laundromat, going to the grocery store, getting everything done because the rest of the week is so jam-packed with something you don't give a shit about. Like, I, I, I refuse. It always comes back to dad because that's where, you know, the, the seed got planted. But when I closed the door on that fucking hearse, I realized that he wasted a lot of time. He was a brilliant painter. He was a really good writer. He was a damn good airman. <laughs> you know, like, you sign away so many fucking years for what? It all goes black in the end. It could go black tonight. You could be working your ass off in a job you don't give a shit about for that paycheck. And God bless you if you're happy with a speedboat parked out front of your fucking apartment building. <laughs> you were forever mad about that one boat person. Oh, fuck that boat person. Dude's working his ass off to have a boat in a parking lot. And he can never take that boat because he's so fucking busy doing whatever he does. Not even... Living next to a fucking shopping mall. Not even just the boat person. Like, um, we live in a pretty darn nice apartment complex, if I'm being honest. It's not cheap, but it's a... it's a fantastic apartment. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a house, but it's a pretty darn nice apartment, and it's, it's not cheap. And, like, even here, there are people that own these really flashy cars, and I'm just like, to what end, though? Like, well, that's the problem with Nashville. It's the reason why the apartment costs so goddamn much, but at this point, we're $100 away from living in the ghetto, and we're paying out the ass, you know? <laughs> like, everybody's just working for a goddamn BMW, but mm-hmm. they're working for their BMW, you know? Sit out on the porch, meditate, edit, write, you know? That doesn't feel like work. It just feels like I'm doing what I was put here to do. I don't feel that way when I'm at the pawn shop. You don't feel that way when you're at the hospital. I'm sure you guys don't Literally feel that way when you're at the fucking office. Watching the clock all day, every day. Yeah, just staring at that motherfucker. <laughs> hours of your life. Hours. Hours without your kids. Hours without pursuing anything meaningful. Just fill in somebody else's pocket so you can run out of air with like a couple of dollars in your wallet. It's fucking ridiculous. I, it's absurd. If I'm lucky... Because we all die and the dude you're working your life off for is making more money than you. Yeah. And if, if I'm lucky to live to see retirement, I'm too old and achy and tired to enjoy what little is left of my life. And that's what Mark taught me. Mark was 62. Three more years retirement. He enjoyed the work that he did. He did. But three more years, he could have just quit. He would have been good to live another 25 fucking years. You know, skiing, going out on the thing, fishing, you know. If you think we're not doing that shit, you're... No, the undisclosed location is uh, filled with nature. It's surrounded by nature. We might get killed by bears. Like... (laughs) Uh, park all day every day i'm taking this thing for an hour during the good months out into greenery and just thinking potentially next to a creek potentially next to a creek but if not directly next to a creek three blocks from the creek (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) 
it's going to be okay. It's going to be brilliant. You're not going to burst into flames the second you decide to sacrifice for your dream. If you want to dip your toe in, dip your toe in. If you want to dive, fucking hop in that motherfucker. But a lot of people are just hanging out on the fucking shore, you know. Just standing there, you know, like, I really wish I could leave my accounting job, but I get good dental. And the funny thing about that, <laughs> um, I have, you know, health benefits and time off and all that with my job. And until the past year or so, um, my time off doesn't roll over and I didn't either didn't have the time or couldn't afford to go anywhere to use my vacation time. So I would just let it expire like I didn't even think about it. And now I've taken up with like, oh, I'll use my vacation time and just stay home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like even that, like the tiny reward they give you, it's like you can't use. Yeah. Because I either just don't have the time or I can't afford to go anywhere. Go anywhere. <laughs> so it's like this like so crazy. We can't afford to like go out on a date, but yeah. we spend all our fucking time at work. But between our student loans and the bills... You're trapped. This place traps you. Life traps you. The funny thing about it is... Granted, artistic jobs are probably a bit harder to find. I'm not discounting the fact that that's a little bit more difficult to find a job to work in that But you're an artistic person, so it should be uh, my career. You shouldn't be reliant upon, like, one client. Yeah, no, for sure. But I'm I'm just saying, um, the alternative to if you're working, if you're trying to make a name for yourself or whatever, and you're working like that low-paying job for some other person, like apprenticing for them, is still the same thing as what we're doing right now. Like, oh, I'm struggling to pay the bills, but I like going to work instead of like, oh my god, the alarm went off and I want to shoot myself in the face. No, wait, I woke up this morning, bought myself a gun. That's a Sopranos joke. Um, but no, in six months, I've made a couple of hundred dollars. Not ready to quit my day job. <laughs> but you are but can generating you imagine income. Just, just is... having the day job. Can you imagine a life like that? Where you were that old lady that works in the hospital? Like... I was actually thinking just that. Just completely lost to herself. Like, the only thing that matters is that patient. It's like, what, what, the, what the fuck are you doing, dude? You're just wasting time. You're just getting older. It's ironic that you would say that, though, because I was actually thinking that while I was at work the other day, because I kind of bounce around where I work at. And um, they... You know, there, there'll be, you know, a couple of months that'll go by sometimes between, like, the last time I saw certain people or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, it's been a long time, how have you been? Or, like, a new person will come in and they'll do the, like, how long have you been here thing? And I'm damn near at eight years of working at this place. And, like, yeah. I was picturing that in my mind, like, eight more years from now. I was just like, oh, dear God. Like, just have wasting away. 16 wasting away in this job (laughs) like that's horrifying do you like your boss well i don't really work directly with my boss i mean like the people that you work with the person it depends sometimes like because i bounce around a lot so some of them are better than others but it's not a i have a lot of respect for like nurses and doctors and people who work in the medical field i think it takes a very special person i am not that person no 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 of course 
I have a lot of patience and a lot of empathy, but I also feel like I'm dying every day of my life. (laughs) I work in a pawn shop, and I respect the guys that I work with. But, like, I get to see people who had to come in for a $500 check advance because their boss was just like, oh, no, we don't need you today. And their whole week got fucked, which Mm. meant their whole month got fucked. And it's because they're working their dick off for next to nothing. And I said, well, what are you doing outside of that? Are you flipping shit on eBay? Like, are you trying to get a podcast off the ground? Are you starting your writing career? I don't know how a person looks at life in complete dire straits, you know, where you're days away from homelessness. Mm -hmm. And doesn't use that to chase their last desperate effort. Because I've been in the desperate position before. We're in it once again. Here we are. Is it going to go good? Is it going to go bad? Is it going to be a flip of the coin? You know? But, once again, all of our heroes leaned into that decision. Hunter S. Thompson leaned into it. King leaned into it. Hemingway leaned into it. Eminem and Marilyn Manson leaned into that shit. Like, Fuck you. I know I'm playing a college bar tonight. There's a story in uh, Long Road Out of Hell, which is Manson's autobiography, where a person threw a beer bottle at him on the stage, and instead of letting them do that, he broke it on the drum and slashed his fucking chest open. Probably wouldn't recommend And it's doing the that. reason why you know his name. Probably wouldn't no. recommend doing that, though. But that's the level of desperation that you, you can reach, but if you lean into it, you're going to be okay. I think the problem, too, though, for some people... Um, like, I, I knew pretty early in. Like, I was pretty young whenever I, like, realized, like, I had, like, a, a love and fascination for the arts in general. And that was kind of where I wanted to put my yeah. focus. But I think some people never have that moment where they analyze themselves as a person enough to discover what they're passionate about. So some of these people are just logging all these hours at the job because as a society we teach you like your job is to grow up, get a job, get married, have children. Be jealous of that bitch on Facebook. <laughs> own, a, <laughs> own a house with a, a white yeah. picket fence and all Fill that your shit. Time and with the cell phone and this movie that we've prepared for. Yeah, and, like, some people never take that time to sit down and kind of analyze themselves as a person to know what they even care about, to have a desire to pursue it, which is kind of sad, really, if you think yeah. about it, to live a life feeling like you have That's the majority no specific purpose. That's the majority of people. When I try to explain to mom why I think I can do this, she looks at me like a crazy person. She believes me 110% because I've yet to let her down. When I tell her I'm going to do something, I I make sure it happens. (laughs) I don't want to lie to my mother, you know. But she is yet to have that moment in herself Mm -hmm. where, like, for my mom, like, being a mother was her one ambition. I know some people that actually feel that way. That's more than okay. She worked her ass off and raised, you know, me and my brother and continues to stand by her side. And that is a fucking 
more than worthy. Um, the things she had to sacrifice for us are the things that you know we feel we're sad. We don't have kids, so <laughs> like sometimes that's okay. If you're working your ass off, but you come home and you have dinner with your family around a table, good. But if you're working your ass off just to feed yourself and feed your kid, and at no point that puts a smile on your face, and you fuck it up. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I do legitimately know some people, which I don't, I've never had, like, an in-depth psychological discussion with them, so I don't know if they have other ambitions or in life, but I do know some women in particular that, you know, I grew up with or whatever, that's like, yeah, my calling was to be, you know, a mother, and they're stay-at-home moms, and they raise that's their children. or biology, it's, the jury's yeah, and, still out. <laughs> and I mean, it, it may legitimately be, like... Mm-hmm a thing that makes them feel deeply fulfilled i mean eventually your children are going to grow up and move out so i hope ideally you find something Something that's as fulfilling crochet yeah um but and i get not everyone's passions are like in the artistic field your brother is you know and he's working his way to being a licensed attorney and i'm assuming dick off in a different country (laughs) (laughs) and i'm assuming that's a a job that he cares a lot about and there are people that are doctors and i'm assuming those are jobs that they care a lot about like people are called to different things but i I think that's incredibly tragic if you never at any point sit down and analyze your own feelings about life what to discover yeah what what you desire (laughs) So even if it's video gaming, if that's your one true passion in life and you have a day job and you come home and play your video game and that's the one thing that makes you happy, like find the one thing that makes you happy. And find out how to do that so you don't have to go do the other thing. You know, like if you want to be a doctor or you want to be a video gamer, the argument still stands. If that's what you want to do, nothing else should matter. You're doing everything else to accomplish becoming a doctor or a video gamer. You know, like we're you're playing a game. <laughs> and I, and I, in reality, you know, but this is me. You know, a, a little bit of my beer and trying to spread some Buddhist philosophy. But a uh, no matter what you're doing, like uh, you're just playing the game. You're just gonna die. And what would you like your book to look like, or your movie to look like, or your game to look like? Are you happy where you are? You know, collecting gold with your little RPG <laughs> and buying houses. Are you happy with that? If you are, go. No judgment. And I don't think there's any shame either if you haven't hit the place where you know what that thing is. Like, I dipped my toes in a lot of ponds before I kind of figured out like what I wanted to do. If you figured it out right away it'd be a bullshit story. Yeah I mean I I knew like I said at a very young age like on some level I wanted to work in an artistic endeavor like I, I went through writing I went through drawing I went through painting like pastels charcoal like all this different stuff and um acting like all, all that stuff before I kind of finally like found like my home the modeling and stuff yeah, yeah like I, I which I kind of fell into that that wasn't like an intentional choice but um yeah like if you need to get out there and kind of like test around then do that but yeah like if you don't have a thing that drags you out of bed in the morning like that's rough like don't live that life 
I went and got the grocery shopping done and let you sleep in because I wanted to do this, you know. This is a conversation you and I would be having right now, you know, regardless. <laughs> Probably be screaming at you <laughs> smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Probably. The neighbors think you're eternally angry at me. <laughs> passionate about things. We watched a Bobby Kennedy documentary and I yelled about politics and then the democratic debates. I'm not getting into it. <laughs> no, because this is not a political podcast. Um... So yeah, I don't, I don't really know where to go from there. Not gonna lie. I feel sad for people in that position, and I want to offer you a kick in the ass, but like, there's a huge part of me that has next to no sympathy for a person who isn't chasing their dream. I don't have. I remembered we. Um read part of Pretty on the podcast the other day and I couldn't remember the quotes that I wanted to read and um, I remembered later on after we had already recorded that podcast that I'd taken photos of two of them and this one seems oh, a little yeah. seems a little relevant uh, one of them I don't have the name of the poem or the page number for you so that's incredibly unhelpful <laughs> but um, this seems relevant to not feeling like you have a purpose in life like that like if you if you haven't found the thing that makes you happy like um this quote feels relevant i have no idea which story it is or which page it's on because all i did was take a photo of the one thing that stood out to me so it's <laughs> it's somewhere within the it's first out of context it's somewhere work. within the first 40 pages because i at that point hadn't made it past like 30 something so pretty um <laughs> Somewhere in there, if you read it, you'll find this, and it feels relevant to not having a purpose in life. So go find your purpose so you don't feel this way. Um, it says, if only I could tell you how we sat there, holding hands, the picture giving us new faces, mouths moving, 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 but nothing coming out of them. God damn. So be a person who has things worth saying find what Can makes I, you happy I also have a quote that I put down in my notes I, I think that's brilliant I think it works well with the one that I've probably done on here before because it's one of my favorite little <laughs> things to say the edited version of The Edge from uh, Hunter Thompson mm -hmm. The Edge there is no honest way to explain it because the only people who really know where it is are the ones that have gone over that's a good one. I've always liked that one. It's not all about motorcycle gangs. Go read <laughs> Hell's Angels. Go read Pretty. And go follow us on Instagram at... At Nightmare Box Productions. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. Get all those little snippets of the podcast. <laughs> uh, Facebook is facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. You got your YouTube that sits at... That would be youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Twitter. At Nightmare Box Pro. And the website is? TheNightmareBox.blog. I wrote a little book called The Madman Diaries of Collection. You can buy that on Amazon or eBay or literally anybody where you want to buy books. But buy it from the website. If you send me $10 over PayPal and tell me where you live, I'll sign a copy and I will send it to your house. <laughs> you can 
send us emails at? That would be uh, nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. And I love you. I love you more. I mean, that's a damn understatement. (laughs) And I love you. Thank you for putting up with us. We'll see you later on this week.